What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. No investigation necessary. Welcome to VEASAN's F1 betting podcast. It's lights out, away we go, go, go. Oh, Checo is a legend. Absolute animal. The only F1 handicap you'll ever need. Mikey, this is right. the championship Here are your hosts, F1 technical analyst Mikhail Miranda and betting expert Ben Wilson. We welcome you back. It is our first U.S. race week of the season on this VEASAN Formula One betting podcast. Mikhail Miranda is here. I'm Ben Wilson. And to kick it off, he was so good last week, we just had to have him back by popular demand. Lewis Frank back with us, U.S. Motorsports contributor for Reuters. Lewis, they're demanding that you just you just never leave. So uh, he, here he is. He is back. It's great to see you again. Now, we are going to have you on for all three of the U.S. races uh, this year. So hard to believe. Here we go. Race five, Miami Grand Prix. Uh, first off, how are you as a, a self-professed Ferrari fan feeling about uh, the, at least the positive developments from last week? Mikhail told me I was crazy for thinking there was reason to get excited about Charles Leclerc yesterday, but what say you? Well, it, it's it's a little bit like last year in Miami. Leclerc, well, I mean, this was Baku we're talking about, but Leclerc is fast and 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 Verstappen beats him, you know, and in the sprint race, which I did see, there was some kind of DRS, maybe issue or something. So I'm long suffering. Uh, at least, at least, what well, we got a podium out of it on the sprint race. Uh, there have been slight improvements, but uh, I, I want to see winners. I want to see winners for Ferrari. I don't know if they're they're ready. Uh, I hate to say that because I am died in. But but look, Mikhail saw this. Look what I wore today. Oh, he's he's wearing he's got the old school Reno sweatshirt. Let's go. Yeah. Mikhail yeah, loves yeah. to see it was, that. It was a present from another uh, like watch collector friend. So, <laughs> as I was telling Ben, like uh, Baku is Charles Leclerc's second. Uh, 
go back to GP2 days as we know now as uh, Formula 2 Baku is a circuit he's just been extremely dominant out there so when we say is Ferrari made any improvements they have not because Carlos Sainz was nowhere near his pace and nowhere near what Charles is able to do so are we seeing improvements from Charles or from Ferrari I don't think so that's just his track he knows how to drive this extremely well yeah yeah, that that's it. I'm I'm still a little um, uh, pessimistically optimistic <laughs> about Ferrari. Uh, it's uh, it is what it is. <laughs> well, we're coming to another street circuit, and this is uh, the second time that we are here. Last year was the inaugural race at Miami, and now we're back here again at Miami. Uh, Miami is one of those tracks where it's still on the streets. Right, we still have a bit of a street, still a bit of a tracks, and it's not as uh, as open as Baku is. Right, there's we still don't know much about the track, but what we do know is it's not that an abrasion of a circuit. Right, so we're going to see teams sort of be on some good tie strategies, but. The team that I do want to talk about that has, that I believe in my eyes, that has made gains is McLaren. And I think we saw some major upgrades to this car because Oscar Piastri, yes, he's been up there with Landon Norris' space, but they were close to the top 10, in fact, did finish. So do we expect to see them perform at, the, at a similar level here? Have you seen that being carried forward here, Lewis? Well, I saw three different Norris quotes, and there's one big gains, uh, not so big gains, and maybe gains in Miami, okay? Depending upon, was it the team press release? What did Stella say? Was it F1? There's no doubt that the floor has made a difference, um, but uh, again, 19 turns, three straights here. I think when you have a new floor, it's about high-speed corners, not slow speed corners. And with 19 turns in this track, I mean, uh, you know, maybe three high speed corners out, out of those 19. So uh, still to, to be determined. But yes, w- there, there was noticeable improvement. Great improvement depends upon which version you read or Mr., what Mr. Stella said. I wouldn't say great. Incremental, yes. And again, we need to see a circuit, you know, that, that's high speed turns. Uh, old fashioned, you know, permanent circuits have, have tends to have those high speed turns. No doubt. Hey, it's nice when you have the options, at least. You have the three quotes. You could, you know, you, you know, Lewis, you could, you could, whatever you're feeling like you want to, you know, draw the narrative towards, you could choose one of those three. Uh, so yesterday, we were, Lewis, we're doing our, our Baku recap episode. Mikhail, he really teased the audience. He wet the appetite. He said, you've got, you've got some, as Mikhail likes to call it, the controversy that you have to, uh, to talk about. So Mikhail, you want to set this up? Because you were very excited to, uh, to, to get to, to kind of hide what you wanted to bring up with Lewis here for our show today. So I thought before coming on this episode that Lewis might have got the information before everyone and we might get this out in time and it's going to be a good reveal. But as I was just scrolling through YouTube trying to find some more videos regarding the Miami, watch some of the highlights, uh, the race popped up on my thing and it did hint about a certain driver trying maybe rumored to make moves to teams uh so lewis uh i'm gonna let you take the range from here what have you heard and why is this going to be major for 
a Ferrari lover like you. I just got to say that it's, it has to do with Ferrari. Yeah. The, I mean, this is the thing today. You know, once upon a time you, in America, we used to get Auto Week or Speed Sport News. We printed on a Tuesday and Thursday. I might get it in my hands. Today, you got Twitter, you got Facebook, YouTube. Uh, I don't get news from TikTok. But in, on Instagram, there was a source not confirmed that Toto wants Leclerc next year because Hamilton's window to re-sign has not closed. Now, I don't know what Leclerc's contract is. And I, apologies. I was at the IndyCar race in Birmingham, and my head is still spinning. And Monday was a NASCAR race. You know, I covered all this. And and my the Ram up here is is kind of limited, but wow, what a story! And it, it will it will break my heart if if Leclerc leaves. We know he's fast. It's not, I it's the car. Last year was Bonotto's tire strategy or pit strategy. Wow, that would be big news, you know, as they say on Twitter, big if true. But wow, that blew my mind when I saw it, and I had to tell Mikhail I saw it on on Instagram of all places. Look at you, of course. I, you know, if, that would have been the biggest upset if, of our podcast history if you were, if Lewis, you were breaking news via TikTok. But I mean, Instagram is not that much for <laughs> neither of us would be. Uh, not that's not much further down. Well, not you know, I've had this conversation with Mikhail before. Where we sit here, and you know, for those of us who've, who've followed the sport, and you go back basically. You know, almost a decade, just thinking about the dominance of Mercedes, and they have such a bad season last year. The purposing was off right from the start. And I, I've asked Mikhail before. I'm curious your perspective, Lewis. It's like, how have they not been able to to see that problem straight away and fix it for this year? How is it still such an issue? And and with how uncompetitive that car has looked, uh, it, it's been kind of stark to see a guy as renowned as Toto Wolf really have no answer so far this year. As for me. Um, well, look, Russell, Russell looked pretty good in, uh, in the sprint race. And uh, by, I'm not an aerodynamicist. I told you last week when I saw the damage on Verstappen's car, I could not believe how well he did in the sprint with that big hole in the side pod. I mean, that had to be huge drag. So could be. Here's the thing of my, my many decades in racing. Um, obviously, Formula One, you got, you got the top tier, second tier, third tier. End of the day, though, these cars are so close that it's the tiniest change. And if the driver, if the driver, if the flame has gone out of the boiler, even someone of Hamilton's ability, if he's not giving it 10 tenths, you see it in the performance. And here here you got Russell, who's on his way up, and he's giving it 10 tenths. So it is the car, because Toto admitted it's, it's something in the car. But when you look at when you look at Russell versus Hamilton and you look at, at some of the results, I, I got to believe that some of the fire has gone out of Hamilton. There's a point. How many more championships? You know, at some point, the, the flame just goes down a tick. It's not like the boiler isn't still lit. But what, once that flame goes down, that makes the big difference to me at the top level in any kind of racing. Absolutely. Uh, we know that Charles uh, joined Ferrari with hopes to do what his godfather, Jules Bianchi, was not able to do, uh, but he rests in peace. Uh, Charles got one of the biggest contracts Ferrari has ever given out, a five-year contract. They have never signed a single driver of the junior team for five years to be a Ferrari. So this was big news when we did see Charles get signed from Sauber, uh, uh, from Alfa Romeo, into Ferrari, it was breaking, groundbreaking. And now we're seeing Charles 
are getting rumors that he wants to leave. Uh, how big is this going to affect Ferrari moving forward? Because this is the first time they've had a young driver pairing. If you go back a couple years, uh, maybe just two years ago, you would still see Sebastian Vettel with Charles Leclerc. They've always had someone of caliber racing, someone who's won world championships. And they haven't been able to do that. They're in a bit of a stump when it comes to championships. What could Charles leaving Ferrari mean for the future of Ferrari? Is there going to be any way for them to get title hopes back up again? As I said last week, Ferrari is, has, is losing an engineer at the end of this year to McLaren. And then there was another guy, I forget if he's from cars or from the racing. But uh, as I said last week with Hamilton complaining, these are contract negotiating points too. And, and this could be Leclerc's way of, of responding and saying, you better hire me another really good engineer or I will leave. How's that from my lawyer background? <laughs> that, that's very good. That's an interesting way of framing it. Oh, and that's certainly now going to be, as we tend to see every season, there's always some of the off-the-track storylines that will end up dominating the headlines like they are uh, now for this week. I mean, as far as the race itself, and Mikhail also, we had this discussion yesterday where you know, Sergio Perez, you kind of like, you look at it and you go, don't look now. He's won two of the four races. His, looked, his car is just as fast as Verstappen's. Uh, Verstappen wins the first Miami Grand Prix we had last year. Do you expect uh, him to get back into form here, Lewis, as we get ready and start looking at the odds for this week well again just just from last year he made he made miami a snoozer as i as i read again last year's report so he's going to go in very confident and yes the early form uh you know has perez and you know he's won street circuits too well obviously with baku and monte carlo once so um again you know driver's egos is are a big deal and and if if Perez is really up on the wheel, as they say in NASCAR. <laughs> he he may threaten he may threaten Verstappen again. I, I, it, it's too early to tell. There's been one race in Miami, so I, I I think comparing all the previous tracks this year to Miami, it's it's apples and oranges. But uh, you know, in the beginning, you know, my, my eye is again on on Verstappen, you know, to beat Perez. Absolutely. I said that uh, Max Verstappen does not have any so any contenders beside himself. Max sometimes gets a bit too aggressive, puts himself in positions that does not need to be there, and that allows for anyone who has just a tiny bit of pace to match him to win the race. Uh, we can go back to Baku last week where we saw him fight George Russell. Perez is like, thank you. I'm gone, right? Same thing with Charles. They got away with it. And I, is that a fair assessment to make that the only person who's standing in Max, Max's way is Max himself right now? Yes and no. Um, it, there, there's, there's also a matter, again, of psychology. And he, he, excuse me, he intimidates other people, you know, except for Russell, that one corner. <laughs> Um, I'd love to see that again. You know, I, I cover American racing where rubbing is racing. You don't do that. You don't do that in F1 cars because they're, they're fragile, brittle, I guess, rather than fragile. But but uh, so, yes, he's willing to take. I think, though, he takes. Well, all right. He doesn't take calculated risk. He's just he's just driving 10 tenths. But 
that has a value of intimidating other drivers. So Perez has to either be on a better tire strategy or pit stop. But I do know from, from racing, it's the same every place. If there's two cars contending for the lead, if the third place car has any speed, uh, especially towards the end, well, F1 doesn't have fuel issues, but you, you love to see the first two cars battling it out. Someone's going to make a mistake, and likely they take each other out, and then you go on for the win. I mean, this this goes back forever. Now, again, F1 doesn't have the fuel issue that that Ameri- the American style racing does, but especially you, you or but still, it could also be tires. You know, you could wear out tires battling for the lead. So sometimes at a certain point of the race, lay back in third place and let the first two cars, you know, battle it out and then just motor on away. So sometimes third place can be good. Well, Lewis, we are, we are hoping that as much as you talked about the, the snooze fest last year in Miami, Max winning in a landslide because of what just happened in Baku, we're hoping for a non, anything that does not qualify as a snoozer. We're hoping for some more action uh, as we'll get our first American race this season. But we're excited to have you uh, not only back this week, Lewis, but also you'll be joining us for the, the preview of the three uh, races on American soil. We have three this year, so that is going to be really exciting. So, uh, Lewis, Frank, again, you can follow him at Lewis Frank. F-R-A-N-C-K. Got to make sure I get that right, Lewis, for all your fans out there. Uh, on Twitter, motorsports contributor here in the U.S. for Reuters. Uh, Lewis, enjoy the race just like we all will. And again, hopefully not a snooze fest this time around. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to VEASAN's F1 Betting Podcast. The only F1 handicap you'll ever need. Here are your hosts, F1 technical analyst Mikhail Miranda and betting expert Ben Wilson. Welcome back in. Big thanks again to Lewis Frank for joining us once more. And Mikhail, I thought Lewis made a very good point that leads me into thinking about the odds where you, you consider how these two cars, the Red Bull of Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez, are so tight at the moment. Max has had the, the perceived edge in the betting market. He's won two races. Checo has won two and just wins on his preferred street circuit method. So I naturally look at the odds this week, and I see Red Bull now, you know, double top podium. It's at $1.65, and I think, okay, I know that's a lot of juice to lay, but is there any, any car, any, any duo of car that's really getting in the way of these two, dueling it out once again for the win? 
it's a street track. I, I th- honestly, I don't see anyone who's got the pace to match Red Bull. I can see maybe fighting, scrapping for P3. Uh, but P1 and P2 have got to be secured by Red Bull. It's it's inevitable given the massive gains that they've made that P1, P2 respectively goes either Max, Sergio, Sergio, Max. It's just, it's going to be one of them, unfortunately. Yeah. And from last year, we talk about how this is only the second ever Miami Grand Prix. Verstappen wins last year. Leclerc did get pole a season ago. It was a Ferrari 2-3, but got to keep in mind, that was a much... Uh, a much different Ferrari heading into the race last year than where they stand this year. They were on top of the uh, the Drivers' Championship at the time with Leclerc, finished 2-3, all was well in the world, and then it all fell apart. So much different for them uh, heading into this year. How much, though, do you really take away since we had we had zero data before Miami last year? Is there is there anything, Mikhail, you look at that can be applied into this race? Just as Even if it's just as far as uh, the, the feel, the look of the race, and how it, maybe some drivers liked and looked better in the certain track versus others. So I look at three things, uh, well, four. I look at traction, I look at uh, abrasion, downforce, and track evolution. Those are my four criteria when it comes to this, because track evolution is going to be a major, major thing. Right? As we keep going lap by lap, the track gets more rubbered in, becomes faster and faster. The track evolution here in Miami is rated to be five out of five, which means that we're going to see a lot of these cars get faster, especially during qualifying. It's going to come down to who can actually run on the lowest fuel and get those turns in right. Traction, this is sort of a mid-traction track. So I don't expect too much from that. Abrasion, track abrasion. I did mention this with Lewis. Uh, It's very low out here. Out of a scale from five, it's measured to be a two. Uh, Given this information, I think teams can run longer on the the tie allocations they're given so we had the c2 c3 and c4 so i believe that the c3 can actually go much longer especially if you take care of your tires this falls right into sergio Perez's wheelhouse where he can do tire management and last but not least downforce it is a medium low downforce track out of scale of five it's a downforce of two so we're talking about some nice high-speed corners and a high-speed track, right? The lap record was set by Max last year, uh, 1 minute 31.3, right? That's just over 90 seconds, right? I think it's gonna, we're going to see a much faster lap record for, uh, for this season. We might come down to 90, maybe even the 129s, 128s, if the cars are really daring. So... Looking at all of that, I, I know that it's going to be Sergio Perez is going to be up in the podium, given that Max has won here before when he's really good. And when tracks are not that abrasive, again, a podium finish. And someone who's good on tires, you can get up there. I think Fernando Alonso, we might see him back on the podium. But he missed out on the podium mm-hmm. in Baku. I can see him coming back here. And aha, I'm, that's, I'm glad you went there because that was my next point. I'm kind of putting two, to, two together. Mikhail, he talked about how Charles Leclerc, it was a great track for him in Baku, but you don't expect that success necessarily to translate now to the Miami Grand Prix. And I'm looking around at my odds. I see DraftKings and basically for the winner, Verstappen minus 250, Perez plus 330, Alonso and Leclerc after that at 14 to 1. But what's interesting is the podium finish. 
Alonzo is now back down to minus 110, Leclerc plus 125. So books are saying it's pretty much a pick between Alonzo and Leclerc for P3 with a slight edge to Alonzo. Uh, to me, that seems like a pretty good buy point on Alonzo with how we have now four races of a, of a decently sized sample and a track record that Alonzo's car is going to be right there. And it's three P3s and one P4. So I'm glad you brought that up because that was the direction I was looking on Fernando. Yes. Yeah, so uh, speaking of odds, I've got three bets, one of which is an extremely long shot that it oh, odds-wise. Yeah. Odds so, uh, Fernando Alonso, podium finish, minus 110. I'm taking that. It's not too heavy a price, and I know it's minus money, but I still do think there's value there. Because trust me, once we get to the weekend, I, th- I do believe that's going to jump up to a bit more expensive. The next one is a double top six finish. It's really weird right that we're going to see double top six finish here with anyone but i think alpine might be able to do something here oh so you're back but, in you're buying the I, kool-aid I, on alpine after their disaster last week why uh why because i just think that that was a one-off think back to bahrain the season opener that was also a one-off that the cars are good they just seem to have a bad track day on street circuits and i know miami is a bit of a street circuit but it's not as harsh as uh baku is so this is my long shot bet here right alpine 35 to 1 Ooh, let's go okay uh yes i have a lot of hope riding on this but uh, top six for alpine 35 to 1. I think Pierre and Esteban can do this. I think they've got it in them. I think Alpine have got the call to do this. Especially, they're going to look to retaliate after what happened in Baku. That would have left them embarrassed, especially with McLaren making a comeback of huge gains. They want to go and show up McLaren. More specifically, they want to show Oscar Piastri what he is missing out on since that whole contract debacle. Speaking of Oscar Piastri, let's move on to McLaren. Double top 10 finish. McLaren, 3-1, plus 300. I think that can be done. I I don't think that's too difficult to ask of Oscar and um, Landon Norris. And presumably Piastri is is not uh, vomiting all over the place, literally, because that was the report last week. He was just sick as a dog, and he still ran P11. In the first race with those upgrades, so you would you would presume even as it's really what you're betting on of the the two drivers when you're betting these double top sixes or top tens, can the weaker of the two drivers pull his weight? And that's that's the pseudo bet here, at least if you're going McLaren double top ten. Since we don't have a sample size for uh, Miami, we don't have much information regarding the track. We've only had one race here. I had to put a long shot bet in. Uh, I I do think that Alpine 35 to 1 for a double top 6 is not much to ask of them, right? Let's see who can finish up the top 6 theoretically other than Alpine. You're going to have Fernando Alonso, Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, George Russell, Lewis Hamilton, maybe Carlos Sainz or Charles Leclerc. Let's put them up there. And then I think the McLaren drivers and I think the Alpine drivers, right? That's what we're looking at in terms of performance. It's going to happen. You you see how it meant that did not mention Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll, when he comes under pressure, does does not seem to do that well. But we could still see him up there in the top six. But I'm not taking Aston Martin top six because when we saw him come under pressure from Lewis Hamilton, he caved. 
lost the position and was not able to get that back during the race in Baku. I see that happening over here, especially with some of the turns quite tight over here. If he runs wide, I don't think he's going to get that position back. So that's where I'm looking uh, in terms of that. So uh, other than Alpine to top six, they have to fight Mercedes, McLaren and Ferrari. I don't think that's too much of an ask to do. Again, it is a long shot. I'm saying that right now. If you want a bit more safer bet for a top six, double top six, you can look at maybe... Well, they the have, chaos. They stay, have with, stay with the chaos, okay? I like, your, I like where you're going. Now don't back <laughs> down, man. You got 35 I'm not backing one. down. I'm not backing down. For, but for our listeners who do want a bit of a safer bet for double top six, there's no value. Aston Martin plus 115, I don't trust Stroll. If I'm going to do something long shots, because McLaren next are 35 to 1, Alpine are 35 to 1 for a top six. Uh, I don't think the McLaren car has got the pace to go top six. I do believe for top 10, which is why I did take them a 3 to 1 for top 10. But for top six, if I'm going to do a long shot, Alfa Romeo are out. Alfa Tori are out. Haas, definitely out. Williams definitely out so we come down again to McLaren Alpine and if I'm taking McLaren the double top 10 at a nice price where I do think they can finish that leaves me logically and as a better than long shot 35 to 1 the numbers don't lie you know exactly what the cars are capable of 35 to 1 for Alpine to be top 6 double top 6 not too bad but again I know it's a long shot so I'm not going to be rooting for that ticket as much as I want to go for it uh, as far as other long shots the uh, what about the American, the one American at F1, Logan Sargent, in his in his home race, the Floridian, who look, I mean, he is, I would say, for a rookie who had zero expectations, Williams, not a car that's been competitive whatsoever, hasn't been horrible. I mean, he really hasn't. He has not looked as out of touch as some other rookies have in the past. It certainly hasn't been an embarrassing showing so far. Now he is the long shot to record a points finish, five to one. But what would you say to somebody who was like, you know what? I want to just root for some. If I want to root for chaos and I want to root for the hometown kid, let me take a dart throw on a sergeant at five to one. Uh, the thing is, uh, Williams, even though performs really good with low downforce, I think uh, Logan is a little bit uh, uncertain with the car going that fast. He's untested uh, with those speeds right we can see Alex Albon just run away with it but when we look at Logan Sargent he is a bit hesitant on the speeds that can be extracted from a Williams on low downforce and low fuel situations so if you're looking at him for a five to one I for a top 10 points finish it's I it's don't see shot. that. I mean, that's a- it's it's another long shot, but it's also it's not a feasible long shot like Alpino with top six. It, right. It's- so you're and I mean, look by comparison, Albon is plus one seventy five. He has gotten some betting support just to finish in the points. It's obvious that if you're comparing the two, uh, if you're looking at some, if those teams toward the bottom of the, you know, of the bottom of the pack right now, constructors wise. Albon at least gives you a shot. Tenth and twelfth in the two races he's finished this year, Sergeant. For, but look, by his level, lack of experience, I mean a twelfth and three sixteenths is not exactly horrible. He's at least uh, he's at least for the most part finished. The one race he didn't, he was already over ninety percent, so was a, was a classified finisher. So I, I get what you're saying. I just I thought I'd throw it out there. That's going to be uh, one of the things people bring up this week. Absolutely, there's no doubt in bringing it up. We just 
even if it's a long shot, we have to see if whether is it a feasible long shot or is it just something to sprinkle just maybe one or two dollars and like if this hits, I get some good money. If it doesn't hit, I'm I'm out two dollars. It doesn't really matter, right? That's the way we gotta look at some of these bets, right? Because I know that with the Alpine top six, I'm not sprinkling as much money as I would with the Fernando minus one ten as well as the McLaren. Uh, double top 10 because I know those cars are able to get up there and to, to execute that so uh, when it it's just you need to have a strategy as you said Ben when it comes to betting it's not just let me put money on drivers that I like there has got to be a game plan your bankroll management has got to be on point here Ironic you bring that up when it is Kentucky Derby weekend, and that's exactly how people are going to bet the Derby. <laughs> just throw random money on, just based on name, horses they like. Uh, so as we wrap things up, I am going to, and actually there's a book I'm looking at uh, of, of the, we don't have many options here betting-wise, unfortunately, in Nevada, but there is a book I see that I have access to, that I have money in an account that has Fernando Alonso minus 105 podium finish. That is going in the account right now. If I could, if I had access to this, I would probably bet the uh, the double podium finish for Red Bull, even laying the $1.65. I've seen enough at this point. I would be content laying that. Uh, those would be my plays for this week. What, are, what is your final card then, Mikhail, setting on as we wrap things up for Miami? Final card. Fernando Alonso uh, for a podium finish, minus 110. All right. Uh, my long shot bet is going to be Alpine, top six, 35 to 1. And then another little safe, secure bet. Not too big a long shot, but still that could possibly turn out well. It's going to be the McLaren 3-1 to one for a double top 10, which is a points finish. So I'm looking at Oscar Piastri and Landon Norris to be in the top 10 for me to cash that ticket. Boom. Let's go. All right. And this is race number five, our first of three. I'm excited to not have to wake up at a ungodly early hour to, for this race even though usually i just turn my phone on do not disturb and and wake up later and just make sure i don't you know make sure mikhail doesn't call me like 15 times uh but that will be exciting miami grand prix sunday afternoon i believe that is what 3 30 p.m on the east coast so likely going to get huge ratings this time around second ever uh, miami grand prix and then we'll get a week off mikhail we'll still come back we'll have our traditional recap show next week and then we go to to italy for the first of two uh, italian races right in two mm-hmm. weeks time that's going to be, that means we're closer to Mercedes bringing their upgrades upon me. It's not going to be at this coming up Italian Grand Prix. It's going to be at Monza, but it just means that we are one step closer to see maybe if that's Charles's future team. Oh, yeah. Get uh, get ready for all those rumors to keep bubbling up to the surface. So a uh, big thanks again to Lewis Frank for our being our guest once again this week on the podcast. Uh, check us out. Give us a, a thumbs up five-star review or whatever star you want to give us and a rating if if you have a chance a little review if you have like 30 seconds to just leave us something real quick let us know if there's anything else you would like to see Uh, we will be back next week for another recap show with the week off for formula one Uh, but excited for this one the miami grand prix second ever with our bets already locked in before we uh, get started there with qualifying this weekend so for mikhail i'm ben we'll catch you next time here on the vsin formula one betting podcast
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.